This week, it's Just Us Boys. It's a packed show, and we're talking Disco Elysium, the director's cut. We've got Amanda the Adventurer, and some news about Roblox, of all things. All of that and more in this week's episode of the podcast. Roll the intro. Yeah? Yeah, that I've I felt like we were like getting in some uh family feud territory there. Also, uh mm. Green, you look guilty like you might have accidentally let uh Mendachi's audio leak. Um was that in Yeah, yeah I case? definitely heard that. Uh I did, but I don't know why it wow. went through. Okay, cool. No, I always I thought I changed the profile. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay, that's why. See, yeah. I freaked out because I thought it was me. <laughs> no, it was me. It was all me. A hundred percent me. It's uh, the life of the Go XLR to PC, you know. Yeah. yeah. Audio podcast such. with a bunch of casuals. Oh, yeah, oh. I know. I just I, 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 I'm so inexperienced with the what two years now that I've been on the show. Like, yeah. I just I've never learned and I will never learn and I will always be a podcastian plebe. Yeah, I will, I will never evolve and never move on. Damn. Go pods. Well, Green, other than a po- being a podcast, believe, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. I finally finished a, a ooh, I want to say about a two and a half day print time uh, project today. And I'm super excited. Um, I can show you uh, for the for the video watchers it's like a little japanese lantern i've got a little led fire lamp in there oh i just and i just finished the top so i'm super excited to get it painted and set it on my shelf where i'll never touch it again it's gonna be great (laughs) it's wonderful beautiful i love it danny how are you i'm doing fantastic we're also I we didn't give you the proper uh guys if you don't know he's wonderful and beautiful we're also joined by the spooky and the ukulele Mendachi Mendachi how are you doing today Man I'm great honestly I'm just splendid I had a bit for this today and I just I decided not to and I think it's because I'm still like hungover from uh taking Advil PM last night uh, I slept for 18 hours. Turns out it was two. And then I slept for six more, but it felt like one. And then I uh, just kind of zombied my way through my work day. And now I'm here and I have no concept of spatial reality or a temporal plane. You are a cosmic being, it sounds like. I'm waiting for my third eye, my brown eye, to open so that I may find the mysteries of the universe behind it, which I believe some call the male peace spot. Damn. Damn. I, I put the I put the top on to put it on my shelf and it's too big. <laughs> I'm sad. 
Anyways, guys, thanks for watching and listening to the show. If you miss any part of the show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you want to join us live, you can find us on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. This week, the show is sponsored by Factor 75. You guys can save $120 off your first week of meals by using my link. Learn more in the ad break of the show. If you guys want to be a part of the show, you guys can also answer the question of the week last week we asked you who the best batman was uh i am still standing by the fact that will arnett is the best batman uh this week we're asking you what's your favorite anime moment green what's your favorite anime moment edward oh, want man. to play <laughs> want to play edward you are a fucking monster. <laughs> An absolute <laughs> fucking monster. <laughs> Edward? No. Gross. You you are a bastard. You know what's best about that part though is you see uh, Shao Tucker get what he absolutely fucking deserves. And mm -hmm. that is Scar mm -hmm. ripping his body in twine, okay? Depends on which version That's... you're watching. Um, right. Brotherhood is the most uh, uh, manga-centric, so that is uh, what we're going to go with. Yeah, but you can't, I agree. you can't, I mean, yes, technically that's canon, but you also can't just, like, disregard manga, or uh, uh, FMA03, you know, because it, it, it happened, it exists. Yeah, I know it did because I talked about it on uh, anime chat boards back when those were a thing. And on Gaia Online. <laughs> you're you're showing your age there a little bit, Mendachi. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty creaky. <laughs> uh, Mendachi, what's your favorite anime moment? Oh, gosh, that's so hard. Um, You know, I... Um, it could be. It could be a few things. It could be um, uh, Jotaro finally getting up on Dio. It could be. Um, it could be from Ninja Scroll the the climax there where uh, the main villain gets just encased in gold and thrown to the bottom of the ocean. Um, if we're gonna go with more contemporary, uh, God, even though Berserk had some really great moments. Uh, so good but um you know tanjiro tanjiro at every point of a climax in any arc it's like the most phenomenal thing uh the last fight that he did with uh tengen uh against uh one of the uh the upper demons was phenomenal and then uh going back through and watching my hero academia watching the plus ultra prominence burn that um redeemed in, uh, endeavor oh my god redeemed yeah. he's still redeeming but like is it, into is season it, I, five I, I was just about to say is he technically redeemed because he's still like no. a child abusing piece of shit right but and, at least he realizes now Peter. yeah now he actually realizes that he was a child abusing piece of shit right know? and, and he's then trying you know, to change for that which is kind of cool in my opinion i think it's a good redemption arc it's it's good and like it's, it's what I like the most about it is that his older son is like fuck you you piece of shit I will not forgive you and then he's like all right I'm going to buy you guys a new house so that like you guys can live somewhere separate from me 
and we will take our time with it. It's pretty interesting so far. It's it's got a lot uh, of you, real life in there. How do you, how do you say uh, he said he doesn't want he doesn't want his forgiveness. He wants to serve his penance. He wants to atone. Yes. Yeah. So like yeah. he doesn't want his forgiveness. He wants to people to know that he he knows he was a piece of shit. Like I don't I don't that that's my biggest thing about it is like he's not trying to essentially get forgiveness. He's trying to actually like atone for what he's done. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I love it's it. It's very reminiscent of like um Zuko's character arc mm -hmm. uh throughout like season two into season three. Because you have like the, the village um with the kid. Um yes. that he like he helps out, but then they they realize that like hey, he's a, a firebender and he's Prince Zuko. And mm -hmm. like they're like essentially shun him away, even though he just saved the town from these asshole uh Earth King uh kingdom um soldiers. Yes. Um, but then like he still pushes forward and like eventually becomes a genuine good guy. And it's 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 great. I, I love anime so much. Yeah, and everyone loves <laughs> so a heel turn to face. Like heel turn to face is the coolest shit and gets more people like on a train than a face turned to heel. Like Captain America turning and being like, Hail Hydra is like, <gasps> but when Red Skull saves like the entirety of the Avengers or something, which, you know, is fucking never gonna happen. Fuck that guy, he's a Nazi. But you know, like if that ever happened, people are like, oh my God. They did retcon that though. Yeah, Captain, they sure yeah, did. Which, which they needed to so much. So many people got backlash for that. Gave backlash oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. What about Danny? What's your favorite moment in the anime, man? Man, I'm, I've been sitting here thinking about it for a hot minute. Um, what do you think, Danny? <laughs> shut up. Um, well, for sure. I mean, I got to mention Yu-Gi-Oh, right? The... Especially with, I just watched Dark Side of Dimensions not too, uh, uh, so, somewhat recently. I watched it on the plane uh, to Boston, and just the fact that, uh, you know, Seto Kaiba just like wills himself back into existence. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, is is hilarious. It's also like the other part of it is, um, when he uh, decides to like at the very end how he decides to go back and fight the pharaoh. Uh, and just when you realize how absolutely ridiculous the world of Vigo is that this 17 year old kid with billions upon billions of dollars builds a fucking space elevator to go play a children's card game with an ancient spirit. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, when you, when you put you... that, if you're arguing about the plot of how ridiculous Yu-Gi-Oh is, then it's not a children's card game, Danny. True. It is I'm an just, ancient game of spirits and power. Okay. I, I'm magic. just saying it's amazing. Um, mm -hmm. It's horrible. <laughs> 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 um, when I was a kid, I'm like, wow. And then I watched it again and I'm like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. Otherwise, like my other favorite moment would probably be uh, the all might and all for one fight oh united states of smash yes Fantas i looked over and aaron was crying at the end of that yeah 
it's so good it's so powerful dude i yeah. i do have to say and I, the reason why i didn't say it when i when i you first asked me is because a lot of people don't consider avatar the last airbender an anime yeah but the the fight between zuko and his sister princess azula it has to be like one of the most emotionally charged moments in like any animated show period because like they build up from it from uh season two all the way up to uh to the finale and it's like you expect a high octane adrenaline pumping like musical score and everyone's fighting fire is blasting everywhere but when it gets to that point it's genuinely somber music and like you can feel in like the tension between as an extremely emotionally unstable uh azula and, and zuko who has like has went from being a super angsty i need to catch the avatar to like becoming almost peaceful and at like at his his pinnacle because he's trained so hard he's not a child prodigy like azula is and it like it's just so somber and in the the animation is absolutely fucking gorgeous the the red versus the blue fire and like the, their movements and like you can see how unstable azula is in her fighting it's just like that gets me every time i watch it it's like oh my god this is fucking gorgeous yeah mm. i have it's like it, my hands down my favorite moment in the avatar series yeah. in in animated period I have one more moment that I want to mention, then we should probably get into the meat of the show, but that is in uh, Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans. The oh, first, shit. The, uh, the first, like, arc when they're in Edmonton, like that fight between um, the main Gundam and the, uh, the like, authority Gundam. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't... It's been so long that I don't remember the terminology for... Uh, <clears throat> For everything in Iron Blooded Orphans, but I remember it being a sweet fucking fight. It was one of those ones where they bring in like that season's uh like theme song under it too, you know, and like they just like went all out with the Sakuga. Uh and sometimes it's just fun to watch Gundam not be like war's bad, okay? Cause that's mm -hmm. what Gundam feels like half the time. Um, anyways, let's get into the uh, meat of the show. Mendachi, are, hey are you ready to dance? Oh, man. Disco's never going to die, baby. Man. Hell yeah. Dis disco sucks, but Disco Elysium doesn't by the sounds of it. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, 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 Disco's uh, different in Disco Elysium, but it is important. And... Uh, Wow, I can't wait to talk about this because it is uh it shot up to probably pretty damn close to my number one spot for video game of all time. I'm going to try and keep it brief, even though my heart is exploding. Uh, but real quick, have either of you seen anything about this game, played it even, anything like that? That's a negatory. Okay. Green? I've seen you play it. I've seen you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Disco Elysium was like one of the first games that I was really streaming. And uh, man, I loved every minute of it uh, so much to the point that I decided to buy it again on Steam, uh, where I had originally purchased it on PS4. So to kind of give you the brief overview of what Disco Elysium is, you are playing in a 
not so fictitious world, though it is made up uh, nations, made up governments, and made up religions. But overall, it doesn't take place like in the post-apocalyptic wastelands or on a planet far, far away, anything like that. It's in a very, uh, how do I want to put this, familiar place. We'll just say that, with very familiar characters. And you play as a detective who, at the very beginning, you're going through dialogue and you realize you don't know who you are. You're having a conversation with the most primal parts of your brain. And your primal parts of your brain are telling you, hey, you're basically dead now. Like, you're gone. There's nothing of you left. You've lost all of your humanity, your ego, your id. They're all wiped. You drank yourself into this sort of um, amnesia. And when you wake up, you're literally on the brink of death. Uh, your organs have started to fail you. And you, yeah, you can't remember your name. You can't remember, like, who you are, where you come from, and why you're here. And they destroy you in a very disgusting, distraught, screwed up uh, hotel room. And the first mystery you solve is where your other shoe is. And it escalates from there until you go down to the lobby and they're like, hey, are you finally going to do something about the guy hanging from the fucking tree in the backyard? And you're like, what? And it's really great. The, the narrative way that they actually bring the entire story to you, they don't treat you, uh, the player, any different than they do the character. When uh, someone comes up to you and says something that your character, quote unquote, should know, uh, and he doesn't, you get to respond in the way that you as a player should like would feel in that situation. Like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know my name. And you can try and be truthful with people or you can try and play it off that, you know, your your body, your head and everything like that aren't failing you and falling apart at every turn. It really depends on how you want to spin it. Now, it's it's more than just like a dialogue based game or anything like that. In fact, it's actually much more an RPG in that you have a bunch of stats. Um, but your stats aren't necessarily like, say, strength, dex, constitution, uh, wisdom, intelligence, charisma. Instead, you have like your four main faculties, which are, you know, like your essentially your your attributes like you have uh, thinker, sensitive, and, and physical, uh, which are like your, your archetypes for these. But you also have um, your intellect, psyche, physic, and, and, uh, or physique, sorry, and motors. So it literally strips down what makes a person into four things and then splays them out into 16 different things. Now, that sounds like a ton to manage, but it actually breaks it down in a very human way. So perhaps you're very good at physique. So your endurance is high. Your pain threshold is high. Your physical instruments, which is like literally being able to punch through stuff, break stuff, using your body in such a way. Your electrochemistry, how your body interacts with different things that you put into it. Cigarettes, booze, drugs, uh, your shivers. This is your sixth sense, the way that your hair stands on the back of your neck in order to like let you know that there are other things at play or perhaps there's someone waiting around the corner with a med uh with a metal pipe 
and then there is half light, which is your ability to kind of uh, kind of suss out things that might be extra paranormal or supernatural going on around you. Now, this is just one section. This is just your physique. You could choose to not be a very physical character. You could instead lead more into your psyche and be much more of like a um, kind of empathic or logical or authoritarian kind of person, uh, depending on your faculties that you choose to to kind of push. And then on top of that, you then get to start off by picking one of your signature skills, one of the 16. And what that does is it essentially just gives that a little bit of a boost so that when things come up in conversation, it'll allow you to lean more into that. Uh, for my first playthrough, I actually went with drama because I thought that it would be interesting. It's kind of your ability to lie as well as suss out when someone's lying to you. And so in a way, I got to kind of see a lot more of what people were trying to hide underneath them. And it was insane. There's zero way, I don't think, that anyone could just pick up this game, not look at a guide, and then just play exactly like someone else did and get the same things happen to them. There are parts of this game that are not at all, say, like, needed. There's a ton of optional stuff in here, and you will not get to it. Like, that's just, that's the nature of it. You're not supposed to. And you don't max out every stat because humans at their base aren't fantastic at everything. You know, if you are exceptionally logical and also really good with your hands and you can lockpick any door, chances are you're not also, you're also not like, you know, super keen on six senses or, you know, uh, someone known for their brute strength as well as, you know, being super empathic or perhaps being good with a team. Uh, even though I did just kind of explain Dr. Banner. But that's neither here nor there. He's a superhuman, okay? And you are not that. You are a man who nearly drank himself to death. Uh, so it's really fun. Um, the whole game is you trying to figure out who you are, and then also, at the same time, trying to keep the peace because there is a massive um, kind of like um, uprising of workers that are on strike against the local government, as well as somebody got murdered and you need to figure out who did that and why. And there's just a ton of other things that kind of happen around this city as the days progress. And there is a day-night cycle. Time progresses and you, you are timed, but it's, it's quite liberal with how much you get to do in a day. And on top of that, it takes exceptionally good notes. And because your character is also a blank slate, as far as his brain goes, you can essentially rebuild how you want his personality to work. So you'll pick up methods of thinking or ways of thinking, and you can just kind of build a person with these kinds of methodologies and ideologies. Um, there are ways to make an in a, a terrible trash human who is a fascist and racist bigot and everyone around him doesn't want to talk to him other than other racist biggest bigot fascists it's um it's it's quite interesting and of course um you can die 
Uh, you can also become so depressed that your character decides to end it. Uh, or you could go back to alcohol and drugs until your body shuts down on you. That's uh, my choice. Right? Yes. So it's there's there's so much to choose from. The world is beautiful and dependent on what your skills, what skills you choose, the world will tell you a different story. Uh, I had a lot in logic uh, when I went through, or sorry, not logic, but encyclopedia. And so every time that I found a new structure or monument, it would literally give me like pages of lore. Now this seems exhaustive, honestly. To read through it but that's just it is that in the previous adaptation of this just disco elysium not the final cut or director's cut as i have it listed um it is now almost 100 percent voice acted all of our supporting characters have voices and the narrator that they have here has the most amazing voice that i have heard in i don't even know how long it is eerie it is soothing it is rapturous it's just satin cloth dragged across gravel it's amazing and it's also their first voice acting credit acting credit ever it's insane um so yeah if you if you really want to hear him talk a lot i would i would recommend taking a lot of encyclopedia but yeah uh i highly recommend this game it is probably it's up there with my favorite RPG of all time. Yeah, it it's kind of like a number one contender for me. And as far as video games go, it's definitely in my top three. Uh, I don't want to talk about it for too long because we already talked about anime for a long time. So I really want to toss it back to you two. Do you guys have any questions as far as Disco Elysium goes? Uh, I do not. I'm checking it I out. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> I am checking it on Steam right now. It is currently retailing the final cut for uh, $40 American. Uh, looks like it's mm -hmm. uh, lowest recorded price is 65% uh, off, at uh, which would be $14 American. Um, That's a steal. I was going to ask you, is that like if you see it at that price again? And the last time it was that low was actually not too long ago. It was uh, 28th of March, 2022. Yeah, and it also goes on sale on PlayStation fairly often as well. Mm -hmm. This is one of the games where every time that I see it on sale, especially if we're doing our end-of-month deals, I'm going to shout it out every time. Uh, this game, uh, you'd be lucky if you beat it in 20 hours. Okay. I would say maybe if you beat it in 30 or 40, but that's if you're really not paying attention to any of the other people because there are people out there that do require your help. Uh, you don't have to turn over every stone, but the game rewards you so much for every stone that you turn over. Uh, and the world and its people are just so interesting. Yeah. Uh, and then if you're interested in it for PC, you didn't go over specs, right? I didn't miss that. No, no, I did not. Uh, specs uh, requires a 64-bit processor and operating system, Windows 7. Uh, is the oldest you can go with your operating system. Uh, you need an Intel Core 2 Duo, 2 gigs of RAM, DirectX 11 uh, compatible video uh, card with uh, 20 gigs of available hard drive space. So nothing too, uh, nothing too uh, fancy is re uh, required minimally. It does recommend having uh, an NVIDIA GeForce 1060 for the recommended. Um, yeah, no, some, it sounds like something that you've absolutely fallen, uh, fallen in love with and 
Yeah, no, I think you covered basically everything that I would ever want to ask about it. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to doing another playthrough and streaming that. Uh, now that I have a gaming PC set up, I'll also be able to use the Twitch integration, uh, which your chat can actually help boost some of your stats in those situations that I said you'll never be able to do everything. They can at least turn the odds, which it does use, uh, I believe that we saw on screen, a little bit of a dice rolling mechanic. So there is a little bit of a chance thing there. Some can be retried the following day and some can never be tried again. So it's it's literally there to make a very unique playthrough. And uh, yeah, I just, I can't sing its praises enough, man. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Excellent. Sounds like quite the adventure. Hmm. Is there anything else on, on that? No, man, just uh, go get it. And if you have it, why didn't you play it yet? Gotcha. I was trying to come up with in my head there a good segue, and I really don't have one. Guys, I played a cute little... Cute is a loose term. I played a game called Amanda the Adventurer. <laughs> it's the exact opposite of drinking yourself into a coma so hard that you forget everything. ha. <laughs> Uh, I kind of wish I had, I, you know, with the, with how creepy the game is. Um, by the way, guys, I did play this on my stream, but it's also available on my second YouTube channel, uh, Danny K highlights and shorts. Uh, go check that out. Subscribe there. I'm going to keep all my gameplay stuff separate from the podcast stuff. So you guys can check it out, um, at your own, uh, discretion. But yeah, Amanda the Adventure is a short horror game, uh, very short, uh, where you play a creepy edutainment game that leaves you pretty unfucking settled. Uh, the game is free on itch and should be playable on most machines. Um, it's also very short, so this is one where you're gonna want to like keep a few others lined up to play along as or to play with as well, right? This is like a uh, horror game mukbang, mukbang kind of material where you just like want to go through like a bunch of them, you know, install, you know, download a bunch of them and uh, spend an afternoon or an evening playing like 10 games. Um, so starting with the aesthetics, the game does emulate that child's edutainment TV and games pretty well, um, but also has the disturbing PSX look of everything being slightly janky and like not like super, um, it's not super high res, kind of low poly, weird kind of stuff, right? Um, the controls are all point and click with a little bit of typing. In fact, the game kind of builds itself as a typing game. Um, but the gameplay does kind of lack a bit because the game is so short, it railroads you really hard. So don't expect a lot of replayability out of this game. Um, that being said, I was when I was kind of doing a little bit more research on it, it looks like there might be some secret endings and stuff. I didn't find them if there were. Uh, I played through it twice, as you can see in the video. And um, it just gave me the same ending twice. Uh, so the secret endings, how you trigger them, I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'm going to kind of go back and look at it. Uh, but if you guys want to check it out and find the secret endings, go by all means, go ahead. Um but with that, I do have some suggestions if they uh, if the devs are there and they want to find uh, the time to expand on this. Um, I would love to see more mystery 
uh, of the Amanda character, as well as what happened to Wooly, um, her her friend. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, I did play the game twice. I didn't find any of the secret endings or anything like that. If there are some. Um, but definitely like if there are more endings, I would love to see more defined ways to get them, uh, really like make it more clear that there's more than just the one playthrough. Um, I think the typing function is really cool and I would love to see way more of it, especially for multiple endings. Uh, I think exploring that mechanic would be fantastic and interesting where if you're entering in secret codes and stuff like that, uh, and trying to find codes in the scenes themselves, um, you know, that would be a lot more interesting and um, a lot more thought provoking than just being kind of like a weird experience. Um, but overall, the game is worth playing. It's worth checking out. And because it is pay what you want on itch, I would say uh, throw a dollar or two uh, to the devs for spooks, kind of tip them after you're done. Um, I think that is the best way to uh, experience games on HIO is uh, through like a tipping system. Um, but yeah, no, definitely an interesting little play. It was enough to leave me unsettled. Uh, thoughts, questions, opinions? Man, that looks like Veggie Tales smoked a lot of crack. Yeah, yeah, it gave me um, uh, Cannibal Door the Explorer vibes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do like point and click things. And uh, yeah, this is this looks like a point and click nightmare, which is fun. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is this is like late night adult swim. Uh, what what, 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 what the hell was it? I can't remember and I'll never remember the name, which is too bad because, man, that's when I knew that it was time to like turn the fucking TV off and roll over uh, um, more oral. Oh God. Yeah. That's it. That's a good one, but not quite there. Not, not, or I should say it's a little bit over that. <laughs> oh, um, okay. or wait, what is it like? Hug me. I'm scared or something like oh, that. Oh, uh, don't hug me. I'm scared on YouTube. Don't hug me. I'm scared. Yeah. That as well. Yeah. Yeah. That, that also fits the bill. Imagine being put in an episode of that and they're like, no, you have to play it. <laughs> that's not good yeah no good yeah that's a no for me it's a no for you that's a that's a no for me dog i will say i mean I'll, I'll watch you play it it looks entertaining that way yeah i don't i don't want to <laughs> i technically speaking i think there was like a jump scare but mm -hmm. it's not i don't know there's not really jump scares it's just unsettling more than it is anything else you know what i mean you feel me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you, dog. Yeah. I feel you. Um, anything else uh, with the man to the adventure? No, Sam. Uh, just uh, let me know the next time that you play something from them. I'd like to come and watch. Yeah. Um, I think w tomorrow night will be not my uh, uh, Wednesday. This coming Wednesday will be like my indie game stream. Um, probably won't play anything from the, from these devs, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, well, if that's all on Amanda, the adventure, uh, do you guys want to take a quick break? 
Yes, Quite sir. certainly, yes. All right. Please. Before we go to break, guys, don't forget that this stream is, uh, this episode of the podcast is sponsored by Factor 75. Uh, make sure you use my link and uh, code Factor SE578 at checkout for $120 off your first order. And uh, learn more about Factor 75 during this ad break. Guys, we'll be back in just a few minutes. Stay right there. This episode of Next to Nothing is sponsored by Factor 75. Factor 75 is a meal prep service that understands that shopping and cooking takes a lot of time and attention. And if you're busy like I am, it feels more like a chore than a passion. Factor cuts out stressful meal planning and prepping, so meals come together in minutes, taking out all the guesswork of mealtime. They offer meals for a variety of diets, including low-calorie, keto, vegetarian, and vegan. It can even help you with your fitness goals with healthy and purposeful eating. Factor even offers flexible plans with plans as low as four meals per week and as many as 18 per week. And if you need to skip a week, you can. If you want to try Factor for yourself, use my link in the episode description or go to go.factor75.com and use Factor SE578 for $120 off your first order. Thanks for listening to the show. And we're back. Green. Yeah. Tell us why Roblox is unfair. Oh, oh it's so Roblox seems to be in a bit of hot water recently. Also, real quick, I, I want to scroll all the way back up to like when we first started the show because our friend Zombie, I, I did this intentionally. I was hoping someone was going to do it, but he did type in chat. Roblox is unfair. Elon Musk is in there standing at the concession, plotting his oppression. I, I did type it like that uh, for for a reason. I did say Roblox is unfair, and I really was hoping someone was going to uh, bite. And someone did bite. Get jabated, someone, zombie. Someone bit the bait. Yes. Get jabated. Uh, green. Yeah, so Roblox seems to be in a bit of hot water recently as Truth in Advertising, a uh, nonprofit, uh, filed a complaint with the Federal Trade Commission stating false advertising and deceptive marketing. Uh, the co complaint names a few U.S. companies that have games in the Roblox metaverse, including Netflix, Nike, Hasbro, Mattel, just to name a few. Uh, essentially, these companies have been creating games that advertise products like a Nerf gun shooting game uh, in, in the Roblox community. As people know, Roblox isn't just a game. It is a... Uh, essentially a platform that creators can make games and put on that platform using that Roblox engine, if you will. It's like a, almost like a Minecraft esque style uh, game engine. Uh, Truth in advertising says, quote, advertising is being uh, surreptitiously pushed on millions of unsuspecting Roblox users and also states Roblox, quote, public company, has failed to establish any meaningful guardrails, excuse me, to ensure co a compliance with truth and advertising laws on its platform. Um, so yeah, it's essentially they believe that uh, Roblox isn't doing anything about uh, companies actually putting advertisement-style games on the platform itself, and a mass majority of Roblox users are children because it is a free-to-play platform. Um, that is like the the age group that we see a lot of Roblox users being in is that uh, from like six to to thirteen range, and then um, you know you have the 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 average in that area, and then there's like a cult following of like older 
uh, young adults. So I don't know. What do you, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, uh, Roblox should be getting in trouble for this, or do you think this is a uh, something that the users that are putting the games into should be uh, being flagged for? It's... I have a question after Danny. Oh yeah, I there's so many so many things about Roblox that I don't understand just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like, but it seems like lately, the more I hear about Roblox, the more I think scrutiny does need to be paid to it. Um, there's this issue. There's also issues of like, like the Robux, like the in-game currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently like there, there's questions of child labor because, uh, you get like the more that you create in roblox the more they'll pay you in like robux i guess like there's like a weird developer stuff with it uh it it just seems like a messy like a messy platform that like they just keep throwing stuff into it without regard to the, the the proper way that things should be handled at least here in the states um, well, Ro- Roblox just got in trouble too, or is uh, uh, tentatively getting sued by Kim Kardashian as well, uh, because her her child was playing Roblox and somehow ended up seeing an advertisement for a website of Kim Kardashian's sex tape, <laughs> the infamous sex tape. Um, so she says she has all the money and willpower. To see Roblox burn. That's an actual quote, which is funny because Roblox as a whole has a higher net value than her. But, yeah. you know, apples and oranges, you know. So, yeah. So, yeah, real quick, just because I don't want to be like, Danny doesn't like Danny didn't quote anything here, source anything about his child labor statement Um, from The Guardian, which, you know, blow my brains. That was just the first thing that uh, I found. The trouble with Roblox, the video game uh, empire built on child labor. Young developers on the platform used by millions of children claim they have been financially exploited, threatened with dismissal, and sexually harassed. Nice. Yeah. Uh, ah. Yeah. Uh, so that was by uh, Simon Parkin. Um, I'm not going to get into all the all the further details, but yeah, it seems like it just is... It, it, it feels like a, a weird mess that... It, it almost doesn't feel like it's actually being run by anybody. It's a it's such a strange place, um, Ro- Roblox as, as a whole, um, and a lot of the like TikTok videos that like somehow happenstance end up on my 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 for you page, I usually block. And then there's a lot of times I've I've reported, um, several TikTok pages that were Roblox saying that they wanted to like meet up, like they'll use the in, in inside tech like the the. Uh, text-to-speech for tiktok and it'll be like a roblox character like hey this is me this is how old i am you know and it'll be like i'm 12 i want to meet new friends like and it's like either a they're too young for the tiktok platform because they get to be 13 and b it's either and like a very stupid kid whose parents haven't taught them like don't fucking talk to people online or, or see, it's a a you know a child predator who's trying to bait kids in as under the the guise of this Roblox like person who says they're young but isn't. 
So yeah. it's such a weird, weird fucking place. Roblox is nutty. Yeah, it it doesn't feel like it's like actually being run by somebody. But Mendachi, uh, you said it's, you had something. It's ran by a a, a bunch of like chimpanzees in a room <laughs> yeah <laughs> with like with like coffee and cocaine in the corner and like <laughs> like donut crumbs on the keyboards like it's it's a wild west place okay it, i'm pretty sure you actually just described next to nothing yeah <laughs> how do you how do you think this show is run okay yeah. i have a bunch of capuchin monkeys and a couple chromebooks <laughs> capuchins they're so cute yeah, Tangent. I mean, like there there are podcast notes and episode descriptions and so on and so forth that that are written every week, but we never touch it. We just open up the files and they're there. They magically know. appear there. Yeah, all <laughs> of my money is spent on Colombian snow for these fucking monkeys. Uh, no, uh, my my question. Uh, this bit has gone on too long, and I hate it now. <laughs> um, my question was, have you guys seen some of the stuff that has come out of Roblox? And to uh, Danny, you actually had uh, answered my question. I was going to ask you guys if you had heard uh, about the child labor lawsuit potential, whatever the hell you want to call that. I think the only thing I've really seen from like Roblox is like, as I said, like the TikTok, almost like VR chat style thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, there was like a, a CSGO-esque style game yeah. that is really popular on the Roblox, pl- Roblox platform. Right. Um, but other than that, like, I don't, I'm not going to download Roblox. Like, right. I don't yeah. need that type of negativity in my life. Like, <laughs> ooh. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, it's like Minecraft Twitter. I mean, but I'm t- I also feel like there, it's like. There's a certain stigma around Roblox. Mm-hmm. A uh, certain stank, if you will. Yeah. Uh, in this, it, the stank only gets worse the older you get. <laughs> it gives me a vibe of like old school AOL messaging. Yeah. Like the, mm-hmm. the me- message platform, you know, where you could get in. There was like 30 people just chatting. Yeah. Yeah. And all all doing ASL, you know, being <laughs> fucking weird. Mm. That's the vibe I get when anyone like mentions Roblox Roblox because it's like it's, I feel like there's so many predators on that platform. Yeah, dude. Like that's what I was gonna say. Is like it overall just seems like a dangerous place for kids. Yet it's like the it's it's Club Penguin, man. But like <laughs> more dangerous. Uh, the only other things that I wanted to say was like, I've seen someone essentially make like unreal tournament in Roblox. Like that was fucking neat. But at the same time, like, Oh, it's on Roblox. Come on, man. (laughs) But like, I don't know. It's, it's so fucking strange and foreign to me. It's, um, it's not going to end well. I don't think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like this, we've kind of been rambly on it, but it's just like we've never talked about it on the show. And it's just it's so fucking weird. Part of the reason we've never talked about it is just how fucking weird it is. Like when you when you look at it from like. Other than it's just like this kids thing, it is this game that is like weirdly exploitative of children it is like a platform 
that seems to not moderate itself very well. So you find all sorts of weird, like disgusting people on it. Yeah. Pockets on it. And like, then you find out it's like built on like child developers developing for it and not getting adequately, uh, uh, compensated and just, just mashes everything up and it's just weird slimy thing and that's part of the reason we've never really talked about it but this is like the fourth story in a month or like a few months that's gone by about roblox and we just haven't talked about it before we're like we might as well i think the last time we talked about roblox was when it became publicly traded Mm. yeah that was like the first and only time we've talked about roblox so yeah yeah um anything else on this troublesome i wanted to end yeah hopefully hopefully roblox just shuts down and kids go back to playing minecraft right minecraft is so much more safe (laughs) i mean you just just fucking play solo build or like a, a a realm with your friends you don't meet like fucking 800 people in vr chat or like you uh, shouldn't be pictures of your pants, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I, I feel like Minecraft is a, a, a little bit uh, safer for the children, except for there, apparently there's hackers on Minecraft now. Oh, there's always so. been hackers. I remember. I mean, it... I got my account hacked the other day, like a while ago. Oh, I don't really? know if I mentioned that. Yeah, they changed my, my username <laughs> and they tried to change my security password. They didn't use my account, though, uh, my, my uh, card that was on the account. But yeah, they changed my my username. That's it. Like, tried to change my security password. That's it. Yeah. Um. So from uh Roblox, from the dank, dark dungeon that is Roblox into the bright, shiny world that is Dungeons and Dragons. Mandachi, tell us about the D and D Direct. Man, that was a that was a segue and a half. Well, yeah, I'm it gonna was a take real you. One. <laughs> I'm gonna take you to space with magic and monsters. And it's still D&D, but it's something cool called Spelljammer, which I really enjoy. Uh, So Spelljammer, for those that are uninitiated, is a really cool blend of sci-fi and high fantasy, where you essentially still get to be a paladin, uh, but you could also use a laser gun or a laser rifle or a lightsaber, for lack of a better way of putting it. Um, And you could just sail through the astral sea with a whole bunch of space pirates and go and visit alien worlds. And it's it's kind of for really no better way of putting it really fucking cool uh it's existed on a whole bunch of different systems in the past uh this is not something necessarily new for the D like watt um ip but it is new for 5e and it has that new fifth edition money in it so the art looks awesome everything that they have planned for this spell jammer uh I mean, like they have they have a pre like a little module coming out and I think it was July, uh, which is about a month ahead of where they're actually going to be releasing an entire module, which I think they said was like 12 parts, like essentially 12 chapter module, which is nutso uh, real big. So that's really cool. Like they went all in. They have new classes like God, it seemed like six, maybe seven new races. I think uh, they which, said six, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, which obviously with your, with your DM or GMs, uh, you know, okay, these are races that you could just bring in and, and play in your normal, say high fantasy, uh, you know, um, game. So if you really like, you know, I got reincarnated, uh, as a slime, you could play as a slime come July, which is pretty, pretty, pretty dang cool. Um, hear me out. Yeah. Hear me out. What's up? Space hippos. Yeah, that's a yeah. thing. Yeah, that is a, that is a thing. And insect people. No, that's actually yeah, that's a th- that's a thing too. And yeah. and mech gnomes. Yeah, that's that. Okay, oh, so the mech gnomes, uh, mech dwarves. dwarves yeah, yeah. Galactic dwarves. Which I mean, you know, if you've been playing any of the, what is it, galactic? What is it? What is that called? Where you're literally galactic dwarves mining. Uh. Is that uh like Dwarf Fortress or? No, no, Dwarf Fortress. That's like a that's like a type command thing. It doesn't matter. It's hot right now. The kids love it. You can go play as a space mecha dwarf, and that's dope as shit. Uh, so yeah, that was like one of the chunks of this D and D direct, which by the way is the first D and D direct that they've ever had. Uh, and I'm really excited for more because that was that was pretty neat. They touched on a ton of stuff, so I'm gonna just tell you what they included. Uh, and this is like literally a week, barely a week after they're like, by the way, we bought D&D Beyond. So people that are like hardcore D&D enthusiasts, especially like the hardcore 5e players and DMs, this is like the best month in the like in the history of forever. Uh, so it's pretty cool. People who are also friends of Dragonlance, which if you don't know what that is, long time ago, RPGs could be played alone with a couple of dice and uh, a cool RPG uh, novel um, or just reading the novel I- instead. Um, but yeah, so like that's getting a new board game, which is cool. Uh, Dragonlance being bought up by Watsi and like this whole lawsuit litigation thing that happened last year due to some of the writers from Dragonlance. That's pretty much all swept under the rug because we're getting a board game, man. Hell yeah. Forget about it. Uh, we've got um, another module coming out from them, which is based on the Dia de los Muertos, um, which is called the Radiant Citadel, or rather Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel. Uh, and it kind of has its own take of uh, on Day of the Dead. We have a brand new D&D 5e starter set. So those of you who tried to get into 5e back when it launched and grabbed that starter box, and you're like, this is still kind of not what I'm looking for. This is kind of difficult, so on and so forth. They said right off the bat, like, there was a lot that we could have done with this. Plus, we've come out with way more stuff since then. So we're going to go ahead and make a new starter box. So this starter box is supposed to be even more new player friendly. So if you've thought about getting into 5e, this might actually be a great new avenue for you. Uh, They gave us some news on the Dungeons and Dragons movie coming out next year. It got its own logo, logo, logo. It got a new logo, and then it also got its title, which is Honor Among Thieves. Wow, never heard that before. That's such a different take on an old adage. Uh, So they've also got D&D campaign cases, which is pretty cool if you're into like the swag of being able to keep all of your player character sheets or notes and dice and so on and so forth together. But they also came with like these, they look like poker chips, but they size from like your normal uh, one, one inch by one inch circle. 
to a two by two to a three by three, which is your medium, large, and huge. I don't think that they have anything that is uh, supposed to be like gargantuan or, you know, colossal anything like that. So you're still going to have to use like coasters or just drawing a big circle on a, on a dry erase map, but they have these really cool, like peel and stick, uh, monster art that, you know, obviously it's not as cool as say having like, you know, this giant thing on your table. Like if you were like cool and, and good at painting and you could paint terrible, awful monsters that are a conglomeration of hands and people carrying a giant bloody cleaver or something like that. If you are into nightmares, but it really works in a pinch. And uh, you can also take those back off the tokens, put them back on the sheet. If you're a responsible adult and reuse them, there's a lot of really cool stuff in that case. And if I was more of like a just getting into it or um like a novice dm that's probably something that i would grab because it it will save you a lot of time effort and money in the long run uh especially if you really want to nosedive in there without dropping hundreds or thousands of dollars so we also got to look at Baldur's Gate 3 again um which is coming out from the same people that did uh, Divinity 2 Original Sin, which was fantastic. Uh, and Baldur's Gate 3, if you don't already know, it's been in development for quite some time. We hit early access with it, I think, about a year and a half ago, roughly. Um, but uh, it looked really good. Uh, first impressions were, wow, I can't wait for this whole thing to be here. And uh, they're talking more about some of the stuff that they're adding and everything like that. Uh, so there is still new builds coming out. I'm not sure if you if you purchase this game right now, pre-purchase is still $60 and is early access. You may still have to deal with them wiping your save data uh, as they put out new builds of the game. But they have announced that they will have the fully finished game next year. So definitely be on the lookout for that, especially if you're into these kind of like tactical rpgs with some really intense story development and character development along with being able to make your own character uh, i think the most interesting thing about Baldur's gate 3 is that it they said that they got as close as possible uh to using all of the mechanics of fifth edition dungeons and dragons in the game so all of the spells that you can use and all of the actions that you can use in this game are based on feats actions spells and meta magic or wild magic and so on and so forth that you can have in fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons. And of course they have a die rolling system, which that might need to get reworked because you could potentially like you always have 5% chance of crit failing um, on, on things, especially if you're using the most widely used homebrew rule of Natural 20 is always a critical success, and a natural one is always a critical failure, no matter what it is, even though you shouldn't be able to critically succeed or fail at any skill checks. Most people keep that in there. So you could, say, fail five checks in a row just because that's the way the digital dice fell. And uh, there won't be a DM to give you a little pat on the back and a pity roll or like a pity success 
because of your shit luck that night. So definitely be on the lookout for that, especially uh, say like as we get closer to next year with its actual full release. Um, I think that was all the big things from the D&D Direct. My jaw hurts. How about you guys? Is there anything I missed? Anything you're interested about? Uh, I am just interested in the characters, the the new races, like a slime and uh, right, yeah, hippo, and there's uh like a space monkeys, like the humanoid mm-hmm. monkeys, and then uh astral elves, and they're called autonomes. Autonomes. Yeah. Autonomes. That's yeah. what I was saying. It was like mech gnomes or autonomes or something. I knew it wasn't dwarves. I knew it was but uh yeah no i think the the new bringing some of these uh like spelljammer hasn't gotten fi- its 5e treatment yet almost mm-hmm. i think almost all, all the other classic uh D settings have um i think greyhawk no not greyhawk uh, eberron the forgotten realms has just been like done to death by right sword coast sword coast sword coast yeah um slaver's bay slaver's bay slaver's bay yeah uh, so it's nice to see like Spelljammer because that was one of those ones that when like I started kind of getting into D and D and like looking at the settings and stuff that I thought uh, Spelljammer looked really cool and interesting it, uh, and very unique. I think mm-hmm. it's it, it's a very interesting mix of high fantasy and sci-fi that mm-hmm. hasn't really been done any other way that I've seen. Like the closest I've kind of seen it being done to is. Uh, um treasure planet from disney <laughs> right uh and i'm sure maybe there's an anime or two that's out there that's kind of like that but yeah so it's yeah. nice to see that i think that's cool that Spelljammer's getting its treatment now um yeah all the new player races are are very interesting and fun um i especially like the insectoids uh i don't remember what their actual race name is called but like they're like fomors or something like that yeah you know because we we have our bird people we have a few different lizard people all sorts of you know human-esque uh you know elves dwarves halflings gnomes you know there's orcs we don't really have any sort of insectoid character race Mm -hmm. which so that that's really fun um i i know there's been some other like mammalians like there's a uh oh golly what's the word i'm looking for um elephant there's an elephant race so yeah the luxodon which come actually from magic the gathering as far as bird races go you got the kanku and you got the aracocra yep but yeah like there's there's so much as soon as they brought in uh wizards of the coast it brought in so many different things like the vidalkin and everything uh and as far as like spelljammer things there's also just an entire system that's built on basically spelljammer shit which is starfinder by the people of paizo alongside you know pathfinder so if you're like wow this is literally all i ever wanted what if i want to play more with like an entire thing which you know 5e definitely has that starfinder is a tad it's a little dated and it's very it's got a very steep curve but I mean, like, if you really wanted to jump in this right the hell now, like, you could just go play Starfinder and pick one out of, like, I think 30 races and, and just go to town. Um, but yeah, no, like, this is this was something that I think that a lot of people were also thinking that Wizards of the Coast was going to drop on us. Yeah. 
Um, otherwise, yeah, I don't really have much else. I think it's cool. Uh, there's not a ton else that I'm like super excited for. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I think it's cool. I think it was, yeah. the presentation itself was really well done. Um, oh yeah. I was actually pleasantly surprised with that, with it being like their first production. I was expecting it to be, uh, cringe. Yeah. A little bit more cringe, but they kept it tasteful. They kept it very yeah. tasteful. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there's that live play that they're doing. Um, I can't remember everybody that's in there because they named like 12 different people. And I was just like going through like, what? but uh, the gal that, um, that was like one of the main characters in daredevil that like helped uh, Matthew Murdoch and, and foggy Nelson set up their, uh, their Rosario lawyer. Agency. No, not Rosario Dawson. Uh, yeah. But uh... anyway, she, she also, she was also on critical role for an episode where she played as like, a crazy weird gnome named Twiggy. Uh, she's also DM'd. I th- I think that she actually did an entire series, and she's done a whole bunch of guest DMing everywhere. Uh, so like it's yeah, like literally every other person on that cast was just like, oh holy shit! Like you should consider them like D and D royalty at this point. Deborah Ann Wool. Yes. Yes. Very, very good person. Very, very cool. Excellent. Uh, anything else uh, on, on D&D Direct? Mm, nothing. Green, you? Nada? No. Maybe? No. It was, it, was, uh, it was definitely neat. I, I enjoyed the, the, the sea shanty intro was really cool. I mean, yeah, dude. Yeah, that was fun. It was a vibe. A whole ass vibe. Yeah. I'm really excited to see the next one, hopefully, like when they uh, get closer to revealing what they want to do with D&D Beyond. Yeah. Yeah, especially like I was I was hoping that there was going to be a little bit of stuff there, but there wasn't. And I wonder if it was. It makes me wonder if the deal was finalized that late that they couldn't really add anything or um, they just didn't have anything yet. Cause it's like, I, I was I'm like, well, if they actually, you know, finalize that acquisition, like, I don't know where they were in the planning. So I was hoping that like maybe with the D and D beyond acquisition that they actually had it all like finalized and planned out months ahead of time. And they were going to be able to put something in this D and D direct. And, but it doesn't seem like that was the case, which is a little disappointing, a little sad. Yeah. Uh, but what can you do? You can't can't have everything. Can't, can't have, have everything. everything. Yeah. Uh. Well, I think that's it then. We want to wrap up the show. Sure thing. Green Elite, what's coming up on your channel? Um, I'm probably gonna be playing some Hunt Showdown. Hell yeah. Sounds about right, right? Um. No, no, just uh, doing my normal thing. You know, vibing out, hanging out, chatting with people. Uh, working on content and uh, making it happen. Catch that on twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite. I'm also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all the all the fancy places, TikTok. Follow my TikTok, please. <laughs> <laughs> Mandachi, what's coming up with you? Hey, man. So it's uh, it's looking like Papa's going to work a really long week again. Probably yeah. going to be forced to work on Saturday again. So got that 60-hour work grind. Um, but I am going to try and start up uh, Weird West on Thursday. 
and see how far we can get before we collapse from exhaustion. As far as Friday goes, Friday is up in the air. If I do get around to playing anything, uh, I am going to try and uh, play some more Vermintide 2 with my buddy Brent with some Twitch integration. So if you really want to screw us up and throw a whole bunch of terrible curses and monsters at us, you can certainly try and do that and see if it'll kill us. Otherwise, we're always open to have a couple people join us uh, from our Twitch community. Saturday is Hunter Day with the homies as per the huge. So as long as uh, Vic is good on her schoolwork and I am not absolutely dead and interned in a, in a coffin or urn, um, I will be hunting more monsters late at night on Saturday, also with a slot open for uh, community. Uh, otherwise, you can follow me and see what my plans are. Uh, my Twitter, at OnlyMendachi, and um, the... Twitch is the backslash and the Madachi, you know, it's, it's the thing is there. It's also in the show notes. Excellent. Uh, coming up for me tomorrow night, we're going to be doing some indie games and Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. Uh, Thursday night, we'll be doing some, uh, some Hunt Showdown. And then Saturday, I'm sorry, not Saturday, Sunday, uh, I said you go uh, master. Did I say uh, Duel Links? I'm sorry, I meant Master Duel uh, on uh, Wednesday. But uh, I also said I was going to do Master Duel on Sunday. But I actually am going to be changing over to a, a sponsored Raid Shadow Legends uh, stream. So if you guys are interested in that, come check it out. Uh, otherwise, find me on Twitter at Danny K D A N I E C A E. Find the new uh, YouTube channel Danny K uh, Shorts and Highlights uh, for gameplay stuff and um. Yeah, also uh check out uh my my co-host here. Sorry, uh, Green, your chat message uh scared me. Uh, <laughs> I thought I was talking to myself there for a second. Same. No, like I it, like everything went silent for a second and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Okay. Um but yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up on the show this week. Thanks for watching and listening. Your time with us is always appreciated, but of course, we're not just here uh for your time. We're interested in your opinions. So let us know about any uh let us know what you think about any of the topics that we discussed today. Also, our question of the week this week, which is what's your favorite anime moment? Green is an absolute monster for even mentioning his. Edward um, if you guys miss any Come part of the <laughs> if you guys miss any part of the show or want to take us on the go, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you guys want to catch us live, you can find us on Twitch at 7 p.m. Central Time every Tuesday. If you guys like what we do, drop a like or subscribe and ring that bell. It helps us a ton on YouTube. Don't forget to check out our sponsor factor 75 you guys can get 120 dollars off your first order by using my link or code factor se75 i'm fine sorry 578 at checkout factor se578 at uh, checkout if you guys really want to take it to the next level though and your support uh, of the show tell your friends it, it's easy just like a retweet it's fantastic it helps us out way more than you could ever know other than that, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fights, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Goodbye! I'm so tired.